Good evening, America, and welcome to Restoring Your Republic, brought to you by Republic for the United States of America.org. Lawfully restoring our constitutional republic, peacefully and lawfully and legally. And it's all been done and waiting for you. So please come accept your gift and learn how to operate it. Justice Waters. It's been quite a week this week with the news and things that uh, are going on and all the more all the more reason for us to be organizing so that we can elect a moral and just government by a moral and just people. So what do you have for us tonight, sir? Well thank you, Governor. Hello America. You know, first let me let me say something here. Being a military guy served almost sixteen years active in reserve, there's one thing that you learn in the military, and that is how to wage war against an enemy. There are certain steps that you go through before you ever launch a land invasion. They are. Number one, you will always cut off the supply chain. You will stop the fuel line. You destroy their wealth. You try to disarm all the citizens. You affect all transportation. You change the wordage and the names of science and technology. You silence communication. You create disease and viruses to infect the people. You cause rioting and distress in public. Then you insert lies and disinformation to the public. Then you come on the scene and make yourself look like the savior to the people. Now, I ask you, in this country, from our own corporate government, how many of those things have they done to you? to you as a citizen of your state, to you as a man or woman that lives on this land. This government is waging war against the American people. This week, we saw some things take place from the White House, first of all, that are illegal under their system, because the president does not have the power of the purse. But now it's estimated $1 trillion in debt is going to go to, well, paying off $10,000 or $20,000 to certain people's student loans. Basically, he's buying votes. Votes for an election that they, you know they're going to try to make it an illegal election so they can remain in power. That's their purpose. They know that everything that they've touched over the last year and a half to two years has turned to nothing but dung. Crap. It's not gold. It's brown. And they're not liking the outcome of what the American people are saying. So they have to change your mind or force it upon you. 
This is why we in the Republic constantly say it's so important to get this thing up and running and get it on the move. We need to get stationary. We need to have our seats filled. We need governors in all the states. We need people to man up. We need women to join and become powerful people for the people. Because if it's not done quickly, we may never have that chance to get it done at all. Tonight we're going to talk about elections. And when I bring this out, you're going to realize the way they do elections now is so wrong compared to the Constitution. I have said many times, you all know this, but let me explain one little detail. When I say a lot of the things I say, I don't so much say it to you because you know. There are thousands of people in the next 72 hours that are going to listen to this for one reason or another that don't know. And we need to get that info out to them. So that's why things are said. You may know them already, but that doesn't mean everybody else does. So that's why we do what we do and say what we say. If we were to use the template of the corporation as it is right now. In all 50 states, there is 432 representatives. They do not take D.C. because the District of Columbia is not a state. Technically, it is a territory. They gave it a governor and they gave it its own National Guard. Because it is a territory, they gave it voting rights, but they're not a state. Now, that is against the Constitution, and that's something that they've done because they can always count on the governor of the District of Columbia to vote with a Democratic leadership. Now, when you add 100 senators, you have a total of 532 people in Congress. Every day they go to work, they raise their hand, they pledge allegiance to the flag, which is to the republic, not the democracy, but to the republic. But then they go to work for a democracy or a corporation because that corporation gives them money besides their paycheck. Most of them are attorneys where their allegiance is not to the flag but to Britain, the crown, sitting just down the road from where the palace is, where the queen rules from. That is the British Accredited Registry Office. That's where their bar comes from, translated into the American bar. That's illegal. That's unlawful. It's unconstitutional. Yet they do it. But if we take their 
template as it is right now, they would have 532 reps and senators. The Constitution in Article 2 lays out how the presidential election will take place. Now, tonight, I'm not going to talk about the governor or your local elections for judges and city council and all that. We're just going to deal with the presidential because it's what the Constitution lays out. Everything else belongs to the state. They have what they call electors. Now, these electors, if your state only has 15 reps and senators in D.C., then you're only allowed 15 electors. That's it. No more. You can have less, but you can't have more. No state in their right mind would do less because they need all the votes they can get. You, as an individual, under the Constitution, you do not vote for the president. The elector does. But the elector comes from the district in which you live. Whatever district you live in in your state, there's an elector appointed from for that district. And however the district votes locally, the elector is supposed to look at that and then say, the people in my district want this person to be president. And that's how he is supposed to vote. If he doesn't vote the way the people want, then the next cycle of election that comes up, you take that elector, you get rid of him, and you put somebody in that will vote the way you, the people, want. Once that is done and the electors are in place, the National Congress will put up a date in which all the states and the electors of those states will take a vote on who their people in that state want as president. Now, here's the interesting thing. The Constitution never speaks about different parties, Republican, Democratic, Independent, Blue Moon, whatever you want to call it. They don't, it doesn't speak of that. What they did and what we will do is you take a piece of paper and you put X amount of names on that list. It makes no difference if they belong to a, a particular type of party or not. That makes no difference. You put their name on the list. You're not voting for a party. You're voting for a person. Let's just say there are 11 names on that list. And that list, it's the same all over the country. Election day comes up. The people vote. The electors see it. They vote on the way the people want from those 11 names. Now, these electors in your state, they are only allowed to vote for two people. That's it. Two. One person from their state if they want, and one person from another state. 
you don't have to vote for somebody in your state, but you're only allowed one if you do. So you vote for two. So in your state, let's say there are 15, so you got 15 times two, your state has 30 votes. Every state does the same. California is most in population, so therefore they will have the most electors. New York is second. They will have the second most. If you live in Rhode Island, you only get two, three. Two senators and one rep. That's all you got. So the votes are tallied. They're put into an envelope. They're sealed. Nobody knows the outcome. They're sent to the vice president of the nation or the Senate pro temp if there is no vice president. And he holds them until what they have called January 6th. That's when they unseal them, they speak them, they count them, and then they announce who the winner is. So this is what we will do. When the vice president or the Senate pro temp gets those packets on whatever date our Congress selects, they will be unsealed. They will be read before the House and the Senate only, and we will know from that moment on who out of that list of 11 people got the most votes. That individual becomes president. Then the second person for vice president is the one who got the second most votes. It could be number three and number seven on the list. It could be number one, number two. It could be number 10, number 11. Whoever gets the most votes is president. Whoever gets the second most is vice president. This is why the two-party system never has worked under the republic form of government. We don't do parties. We do people. This republic is about the people, it's for the people, and it's from the people, but more importantly, it's for and to you as a people. The votes are taken. They're read before the Congress. The gavel goes down, and it's sealed. January the 21st is when he takes office. No questions asked. You don't have the controversies like you do now. And by the way, all voting across this country in the Republic will be done by paper ballot. And if Congress approves it, the Republic Congress, you'll put a red thumbprint on your ballot sheet. That way there is no excuse, no saying, oh, I did, I didn't. You got a thumbprint on there, it's red. And if there's a question about something, 
in your district, the authorities will take a thumbprint and match it with that one, and if it comes out as the same, you voted. This also eliminates, like in the state of Ohio, where every presidential election, it's amazing how 13 to 15,000 dead people automatically come to life and march themselves down to the voting booth and vote, and then go back to the grave. Amazing how that works. This eliminates that process. You've been in the grave for more than 10 years. You ain't got a thumbprint. Now, once this process is completed, it's really a simple process, but it's such a powerful one because there's no room for leaks, there's no room for wrongdoing. If a elector does try to do something funny, like changing votes, well, then we'll know because that envelope will be unsealed by law of the founding fathers. This is not in the Constitution. This is a law that came out through the Supreme Court later on that if a voting envelope from the electors has been unsealed before it was read to the Congress, those votes cannot count due to the fact it was probably tampered with. This is how you keep a straight, honest election. Now, people would say, well, why not just use the electronic thing like they do now. Well, every election in the last 30 years, have you noticed there's been close elections or elections that went the way the people didn't vote for? There's been tampering. My God, the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton never said it was a fair election. Well, after Trump won, they made sure he couldn't run again. So they, you know, they, they fixed the last one. So if he did win, which he did, by a landslide, mind you. By the way, just so you know, last month in California, up in the Laguna Mountains, they found 32 boxes from Los Angeles of votes thrown away in the desert with Trump's name on them, that he, people voted for him. 32 boxes, probably 500 votes each. They're still finding stuff that they threw away from the 2020 election. So don't sit there and tell me it was fair, because I know better. My father-in-law worked at the election polls here in, in my hometown. And he would come home that night, wore out after a 16-hour day, and he would tell me people would stand outside. Once in a while, they, they would not permit people to come in. And law enforcement wouldn't do anything about it unless it was about a guy they didn't want in office. 
Then they would enforce certain things. They wouldn't allow people in. And by the way, when these votes are being counted, you're not going to have a room where only one side gets to sit in there. It doesn't work that way. See, there is none of that. It's done in the halls of Congress by the vice president or the Senate pro tem. This is the way the republic will do an election. This is why it's important to get the Northwest Ordinance going so we can get governors in every what we call territorial states right now. They're going to become free states. They're going to become states with people. And by the way, we have uncovered, and we'll talk about this next week, we have uncovered documents and books on how they implemented in Ohio and other states the Northwest Ordinance. And if by law they did it back then, then we get to do it today because it's sealed in law. There's no question, no argument, no debate. Tune in next week and find out how the president appoints a governor. How then the governor can get his state up and running. Tune in next week. Don't tell me it can't be done because it was done back then during a time when Britain was bombarding this country and causing France and the Native Americans to turn against the whites. And all those people who scream and cry about slavery and how we owe all these people. Let me tell you something. Go all the way back to the nation of Egypt. If you've ever been to Egypt, they're not white. They're black. Who did they hold as slaves for 400 years? Wasn't blacks. It was olive and white. Called the Hebrews. Both sides have done things that's not right. Right now, you're going to start hearing in, on the news all the racial stuff you can put up with. Because you see, one party wants to make sure the other party looks so racist when it's the first party that is the racist trying to throw it off of them. Don't expect things to get better. They won't. You're dealing with a corporation who's struggling to stay alive. And they'll kill you as easy as they'll kill a Chinese. They don't care. They only have one thing in mind. Survival. At all costs. You seen the cartoons when we were kids? where the guy's drowning in the water and the finger comes up, number one, goes under, goes back up, number two, goes back down. Well, they're on number three. This is it for them. We're next in line, guys. For those people who say, well, we don't know about you, we don't care about you, makes no difference. We're next in line. We are going to take this thing 
to the grips. We are going to be reseated because we're next in line. The Hague knows about it. The world knows about us. They're probably listening to this call right now. They listen to our stuff all the time because they want to know what we're doing. They're interested in America and its republic. They know the difference between a republic and a democracy. And they're waiting to see what we do. We were installed in 2010 by the Creator Himself through miracle after miracle after miracle. And every one of those things happened on a feast day. So don't tell me that feast days aren't important. They are. If you don't know what a feast day is, go to Leviticus 23. It'll tell you all about it. That's one thing this republic will ensure that the American people have and will do their right of freely worshiping their creator. That is a God-given right. They're trying to take it away from you. We want to make sure you keep it. We don't give it to you. God did. It's like your Second Amendment. It doesn't say if Congress decides to take it away, well, that's okay. No, it doesn't say that. It says you cannot abridge this. You can't touch it. Hands off. That's called trespassing. That's what every time Biden or one of his officials in Congress try to do something against the, 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 the weapons that we are allowed to have, our Second Amendment right, It's called trespassing by law. And they're not allowed to do that, but they try. They're waging war against us, the people. They want us divided. They want us struggling. And they want to give money to those they know will vote for them. All you have to do is go back into history in 1935 on in a little nation called Germany, and you'll see the same playbook. They're not coming up with nothing new here. They're following that one. That's why it's written in the scriptures, there's nothing new under the sun. This is where we are at, folks. You may not think it's serious. I mean, after all, you got NASCAR coming up, NFL football, baseball still going on. Life is great, right? People don't understand how serious what we're doing is. It is so serious, so serious, that God even put Scripture in his word to deal with things like this. Blasphemous, that's one of the key words all through Scripture that they, the corporation, are doing against us and to the Creator Himself. Their judgment day will be coming, but right now, it's up. 
It's, it's us. I'll leave you with one last scripture out of Psalms. I believe it's in Psalms 41. David is writing and he says, The Lord asks, Who will stand up for my kingdom? Stand up? That means get up off your butt and just stand there? No. Who will fight for my kingdom? That doesn't mean to go out and do violence. Violence is an act of, of premeditated. Defense is a different thing because God sent his people out to other nations to wipe out everything that lived, crawled, or breathed. So don't tell me God is against war. The God I serve is a war God. He defends his own. And we are too. We're supposed to do the same thing. The Church of America is selling their duck. They've done nothing but throw their thumbs, sing a few songs, and think everything is hunky-dory. It ain't. They're just as much to blame as the Democratic and Republican parties are because they've done nothing but accept what came their way. This is who we are, folks. We are the Republic for the United States of America. We represent the Founding Fathers, their values. We uphold their documents. We support their Constitution. And we defend it with our very lives. If you're not willing to defend the Constitution that gives you the freedom to worship, to bear arms, to hold your own, to own things. If you're not willing to do that, you're in the wrong place. We don't want pansies. We want men. We want women who are willing to stand up and fight for the truth, fight for what's right. Not with guns, but with deeds and with actions. Because numbers create force. And force scares the hell out of them in the corporation. The more we have, the less they become. That's always been the way it is. We need you. You really should need us. Because the time is closing quickly to get this done. Well said, Chief Justice couple items here. Uh, of course, last week I talked about the disclaimer in the executive summary from our Republic for the United States of America. You know, we're the, we're the people of the free states and union not to, do not now nor have ever supported any intent to overthrow the United States Municipal Corporation. You know, if you look at Article 4, Section 4 of our United States Constitution, it says, Republican form of government guaranteed, each state to be protected. The United States shall guarantee every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and of application of the legislature or of the executive when legislature cannot be convened against the domestic violence. You know, that that is a Republican form of government. It has nothing to do with parties, as Justice Waters was talking about. And then I have a copy of the original 13th Amendment here. It's, it's missing. It has been missing for some time. It's 
13th original amendment to our Constitution has been illegally removed from the publication. One intent of the amendment was to prohibit the attorneys of powerful European bankers from holding office in America. During the confusion of war of the 1812 and our Capitol Records building was burned in the Civil War. The bankers and lawyers removed the 13th Amendment, replacing it with the Slave Amendment, which should be the 14th Amendment. And this is the original 13th Amendment called Article 13 reads as follows, and quote, if a citizen of the United States shall accept, claim, receive, or retain any title of nobility or honor or shall without consent of Congress accept or retain any person, pension, office, or emolument of any kind, whatever, from any emperor, king, prince, or foreign power, such person shall cease to be a citizen of the United States and shall be incapable of holding any office of trust or profit under them or either of them. So I just wanted to share that with everybody on the call this evening. I mean, everything's right in front of us. We just need to edify ourselves. You know, go to republicforunitedstatesofamerica.org. There are there's many documents and videos that you can ed edify yourself. And what all of us have done here for the last over a decade now, putting it all together for all of us, we the people. Thank you, Governor Henney. We've been invaded. We have corruption. We're not getting justice. They're isolating us. They're wrongfully convicting patriots all across the country. Look at the ones in Washington, D.C. They don't follow their own codes and statutes. They infringe upon our rights as human beings, as people, as citizens of the republic. I know we're not here to overthrow the uh, corporation. We're not here to replace, the, replace them. We're, we're running parallel, but we're not really running parallel because we're not recognized. They don't recognize us. They don't care about us. And if I told the average police officer or, or judge about the Republic of the United States, they would laugh at me. And it's kind of like the sovereign movement, the sovereign uh, movement there. You know, when they go in, they start now, you know, I know a lot of that is a bunch of malarkey anyway. But, you know, cashing in your birth certificate and everything. But the but the foundation of it is truthful, is that we are, that we were born on bonded uh, banking paper and our birth certificate is a bond. But you're not going to cash it in and and go pay off all your debts. We have the law on our side, but they don't recognize the law. So when a country becomes lawless and they don't recognize the law and they go their own way, what is our duty as Americans? What is our duty? We're to alter or abolish the system that we have and by any means necessary. So, you know, all this sugarcoating, and they're very good at this, like with the First Amendment, you know, with the protest. You know, you have a right to assemble, protest your government. But if you don't like what we do, too bad. Basically, that's what they tell you. Well, what what good is a protest on the street if they don't turn around and change anything? And then you protest. You do go by the First Amendment right that we uh, obtain. And we go there and we protest. And then we file our grievances. And we have the law on our side. And we bring the law to them. And then they just throw us out of court. And they laugh at us. And they kick us off to the curb. What good is it? What good is it anymore? So we got everyone walking around like zombies out there, not knowing what to do. People are frustrated. No leader has risen up to say, hey, I'm here. Okay. You know, Donald Trump is this and that. Well, if Donald Trump was the leader, came with all the baggage and everything, and he had he had his four years, and four years really, he did a lot for 
the country as far as the, the jobs go and everything. But, you know, the, the wall was never completed. You know, he never put Hillary in jail. Why, why wasn't Hillary's house raided when Donald Trump was president? Why not? It seems like the Democrats, they got the balls to do all this stuff, but the conservatives don't. You know, and, and we in the Patriot community surely don't have the balls or the courage to do anything. You know, they arrest you. You're sitting in jail for two years awaiting trial. Is this stuff like this? I mean, and that's what everybody fears out there because then they got families and they lose everything they own. But they're coming for everybody. We have, what, 2.6 million people in prison across this country, more than any other country across the world. This should anger the people. It doesn't. You know, we're complacent. And we, we were happy with our homes and our football, like Roger was saying, and the, the NASCAR is coming up. I got my beer. I can get drunk. I got my entertainment. Hey, why not? Who cares what happens to my next-door neighbor? You know, who cares what happens to Joe Gibson? Who cares what happens to Governor Carper? Who cares what happens to this guy? You know, who cares? Look at those militia guys getting all arrested out there. Ah, who cares? Ah, they deserved it, you know. Shouldn't be running around with AR-15s. They're scary, you know. I mean, it's the attitude we have. So... How do we talk about restoring our repo, getting our 30,000? Okay, we're out there educating the people. To climb that, to educate and, and get that many people to come on board and to restore our republic, I hear the frustration of all the callers the past couple of weeks in that really the, the numbers are, are not there and that we're not going to get them there until something of a spark happens. And then that spark is taken advantage of and it burns across America. Really, it's going to be a shakeup. It has to be a shakeup, and, and, and it's going to have to disrupt everything. That's why a lot of people offer the civil disobedience. Everybody stay out from work, or will you shut down the country for a couple of days? You know, they locked us down for a while. Why don't we lock them down? Why don't we all lock ourselves down and not go to work tomorrow morning? Why can't we do that? Why can't we? We don't need any more million-man marches on Washington, D.C. They don't care. None of them are in there anyway. The building's empty when we march. So we're just yelling at an empty building. So they don't care. So we don't need any more million-man marches. So, again, I don't have all the answers, but I, and I'm not going to sit up here and complain, but the facts are the facts. We're in trouble. Let's go. Let's get going here. What's go, what do we got to do? Let's do it. And uh, I don't care. Flat out. Joe, you you know? well, let's question. do it. You missed the question. You, you asked all these questions. So you missed the most vital one. So why are these people willing to go not go to work or go have a protest or a million-man march when it's so easy to go to republicfortheunitedstatesofamerica.org, sign up for emails, dedicate what talents you have or are willing to bring to the table, and stand united. But that's too easy. That's too simple. That It doesn't bow down to confusion and anarchy, which is what the people want. And the people are going to get what they want. They have a choice. They have an option. Why are they busy doing all these other things instead of just something so simple as I described? You missed that question, my friend. Why aren't they? We're on these alternative media platforms. I have many listeners and downloads and stuff and whatnot. Yeah, I got all that. But why can't we get this republic on the 6 o'clock news across the country and ABC News? Why, why can't we 
you know, why can't we formulate enough strength across the country to run in parallel with the corporation and them actually recognizing us? Why can't we get back in kind? We have so many people in the military that are supposed to be on board now, or I know they were at one time. I don't know about now. We have some. What's going on here? We're running out of subject matter here to bring to the table. We got the militia now. We're in contact with them. We've got the airwaves here on alternative media. We've got many different groups and organizations out there, whether we agree with their rhetoric or their belief or their foundations or what they believe in. Who cares? Because we need everybody we can get. And then we'll sit down at the end of the all and iron out the differences that we have. So where's the next step? This is the questions that I'm being asked. The next step is for the people of North Carolina to come together, the, the Patriot leaders, and nominate a governor and send that to the Senate and the president for approval and go to work and get one representative in each county. That's a simple plan. There's more get than one representative in each county. That. Okay. And when we get those representatives in each county, we have 100 counties in North Carolina. I have 100 representatives now in my state with the governor. What next? Then they also need to send forth a chief judicial officer nominee and two senators and a representative to this public legislature. And meanwhile, these representatives from each county now have built a state system. Now we need some senator, uh, a couple of senators for the state, and we need a uh, chief judicial officer we've got. He's got to start building common law courts in each county. How many heads are we requiring here in each state? I just, well, my state, let's just say my state. 100 counties I have, so how many people, I need 100 representatives, I, I need, obviously, a representative for each county, 100 people. I have to have a governor. And now, how many more people do I need now? Two state senators and a representative. Five for the state altogether. You need a governor, chief justice of the state Supreme Court, and then you're going to need two reps and, and one senator. So that's a total okay. of five. Two senators, two senators, one rep. Okay. Two senators, one rep. Yep. Two senators, one rep. Okay, so I have five more people. But then once you get that, then you go to work on the counties, and, you know, through the whole process, you're getting reps in each county to stand up. No, 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 I've got the reps. I've got, no, no, Roger, I've got my 100 reps in each county. So my 100 reps, where are we meeting at with my governor and my, and the other five people? Where are we meeting at? That's up to them. Well. Okay, well, we meet in Charlotte. And they go hang on, hang on. We meet in Charlotte. Okay, my 100 reps. And now what are we doing when we're meeting? What What's the next step of business? How are we doing it? Because we still have the de facto now with the National Guard, the police department, and the courthouse. Now we got them. the FBI watching us. But go ahead. Now what do we do next? You're going out to get 30,000 people to join what you're doing from your state. That will okay. be the next step. Okay. Now we got the 30, because this was what, this was a detailed question that I was being, being asked now. Okay, so now I got my 30,000 people with all my 100 counties filled. Okay, and my governor. Why do I do, my governor and representatives. Now, we all meet, say, in Chapel Hill. We got a building there. Or the Wrightsville building, like we were used, to, we, we used to meet. Now, where do, what do we do now? We've got everybody there that you just said. What okay. do we do now? 30,000. Well, the original writing said you had to send out a, a memo to like all the counties, but we, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have newspapers like we do today. So you need to put a, a statement like we did in USA Today some years ago for our presidential election to let the country know we are holding an election. 
So there in North Carolina, you put in like Help Wanted or something in those ads in the classifieds that the state, the free state of North Carolina is going to hold elections for the republic. And that's how you go about that. Now, you've given notice to everybody. Whether they read it or not is not your problem. You've given notice. Now, what are we having elections for? What are we having elections for? Who are we electing? You're you're actually electing a governor. You you had him appointed, okay? Yep. And that was to get the ball rolling. Okay. But now you're going to actually vote for a governor and a state judge and then your reps and senators. Okay. That's what you're going to actually be voting for. That okay. way, it's the people speaking, not the president. All right. My 30,000 people voted. We've got our now, we've got a governor elected and a state judge elected. Now, what's the next step? What do we do? Technically, you're stood up because the people have spoken under law. That's okay. what the law says needs to happen to bring a territory into the statehood. So okay. when that right. takes but, place. Uh, yeah, you we are stood law. up yeah. in the republic. Yeah, no, we're stood up. We're now we're the republic. But what do we do? What do we do though? I mean, we're stood up. We are there. We're the law. We're lawful. We are the republic. How do we start governing all the people in North Carolina now? How do we start doing that? Okay, then you need thirty-seven other states or thirty-six other states to get a quorum of states to do that. Always goes back to the people, Joe. Once the people stand up and realize that they're getting an inflationary, an inflationary note that buys less and less every time they go to the grocery store or they sure. can trade in our currency, one of these days, I'll guarantee you, that human nature is going to kick in at some point, and they're going to figure it out. And you fail to realize that success is keeping one foot going in front of the other. And when you stop or you turn around, kiss it goodbye. No, I want to keep moving forward. No, 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 no. I want to keep moving forward one foot in front of the next, but we're going to come to hurdles and problems, and these questions and problems are going to come, and we can't go back and say, well, what if you're on a grocery store on a corner? No, we got to give these people straight-up answers, and that's what the problem was a couple weeks ago with that caller. You know what I mean? It's up to the state, and the history's all written in your state history, and that's what governs the way you should set up your free state, Go back and get out your constitution, and I think you probably had one before 1871, just like Governor Henning has one before 1871. Colorado tried, but they didn't get it approved until after 1871, 1876, to be precise. Yep, yep. But still, yep. we have a constitution that we're working off of that is a framework yeah. for the people. And I'll be, I'll brag a little bit. I know of counties in Colorado that have already done their county settlement documents, and they're signed and they're in place. So tell me the people aren't ready. Well, some people are more ready than others, Joe, and that's where... Well, they, well name that county because I want to go there to that county and live. You know, I, I want to, you know, I'll go there and I help them do, out. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to them because it's up to you <laughs> to take care of your own problems. 
I know, I know. Well, I'm just saying, though, you know, we can't, well, we can't keep it secret from the people, you know, these secret places that the counties are in, because we're going to run it, the, the feds are, if that's the case, the feds are already watching them anyway, and, and these are the problems we're going to run into, and this is what's scaring people away from not going to the Republic of the website, the website of the Republic. This is what, these are many emails I'm getting, and this is what I'm saying. This is the, this is the feel that I'm getting from the people. Here's my perspective. I spent... I spent five years in research and trying to vet the Republic and what was going on and sound like proving the Bible wrong. And at the end of the day, you know, I had my opportunity to stand up, and I did. And I'm glad I did. But everybody's got to own it, and everybody needs to ask these hard questions. I agree with you. I own it. I agree with the Republic is the way to go the lost way. we got to get past deer in the headlight look because we've run out of conversation time it's time to to get after that's what i said and that's why i went through all the steps all the way to the end but we got to that little point there that boiling pot point where we were going to have to engage the de facto and everybody started scattering and started now we went into defensive mode you see and this is what i'm saying all the steps have to be we have very smart people out there who have foreseen this and that are looking too sure. smarter than us even, and they and they know what we're saying is correct. But we're going to come to those problems, and they've got to be handled, and they have to be put out before before the people, so all the people are aware of this. Because you have people out there with families, businesses, and they have a lot invested in this criminal de facto corporation. You just can't go out there and say, well, you know, you got a, you got your deer in the headlights. That's not going to work. You know, people have to be reassured. You know, neither did the three. Neither did the three percent that stood up back to form our country. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm that all 3%, for it. That three percent, Joe. Yeah. Let me tell you ahead, something. Um, look at the founding fathers and what they did. They we're getting everything we're doing from them, but there came a point, and nobody wants to talk about this, except a few of us. There came a point when they literally got out of bed one morning. They had to pick up their musket, they had to take their gunpowder, and they had to take their rounds, and they went to fight somebody who was trying to take their freedom away, right? That's correct. Called the British. We're going to face the same thing. That's why it's important for us to have the militia backing us nationwide. Because when we get to a certain point, when we've exhausted talking, doing everything the way we're supposed to, we're going to have to start punching noses. I don't exactly. care. That's and that, not Roger, you just You just backed up what I was saying, and that's what I was saying. When we get to that point, we're going to have to have a security force out there, exactly. like the militia, that's going to have to protect these 30,000 people in yes. each state. And you know yeah. what? Just about every militia group out there is ready to do that. It's just getting all of them on the same page. Yes, correct. Yes. I see the light. I know the light at the end of the tunnel that fell apart. And it fell apart because of the things I just brought up, the communication gap. Can't have a communication gap between our people. And we can't go off like lone wolves and do our own thing either. We have to stand right. down. 
and we have to follow procedure and law. I got all that. But these were tough questions that I presented here to the platform here tonight that had to be answered, and they have to still be a little bit, you know, uh, hopefully I answered everybody's questions on that when we get to that point after the 30,000 people, and we have our meetings, because you know what's going to happen? We're going to have the FBI, or whether it be Biden or the next president, having his people and his, his suited-up people, SWAT teams, taken down Governor so-and-so in California and the governor so-and-so in Florida and, and, and arresting his 12-man his twelve man security team in this county. And once word spreads like wildfire, like the January 6th roundups, everybody's going to shut up, delete their social media, and they're going to shut up and go back to doing what they were doing and right back to the same old crap, you know? And well, that's what well, we have to be you're careful. Right, if you're absolutely right, then our flag of the republic would have appeared on that sheet. And if you'll notice, it's not there. Justice Waters, please enlighten everyone as to why our flag is not on that sheet of discontent. Well, from the very beginning of this country, that was the flag that flew on flagposts, on forts, at the White, you know, not at the White House, but where they met for Congress. That was the flag. That's the flag that we have. It's the style of flag, the way the stars are. What we have is the original flag of the transference from the colonies to the states. They can't touch that. At least not right now they can't because they have not changed that part of history. They're trying. They're working on it, but they haven't. They never do it. We're not on the block because we've done things under law, and they know it. Because to the international community, they know what we're doing and how we're doing it. And if if Biden sent out the goons to destroy what we're doing, they around the world would not, well, they wouldn't do business with America anymore. We'll say that. Well, I'm not and so whatever sure about the, that. Whatever I'm the Federal so Reserve sure. has going will collapse in a day. I don't don't know. I'm not too sure about that, Roger, on that note. I don't think that clout is there yet. I don't think that is recognized like that. Well, that's, that's fine. That's why we're here. You know, the founding fathers didn't all agree with each other either. Um, you know, so, uh, but the fact of the matter is, is this. We're not there yet anyway, so let's not put the cart before the horse. Right now, we have got to have one, um, like, for instance, North Carolina has 100 counties. We have to have 100 representatives each county. We have to have a governor. Then we have to have our elections, and then we have to go out and have, I mean, excuse me, then we have to go out and get 30,000 people and then have our elections. And that simultaneously, each state across America has to do the same thing. And while they're doing that, the militia has to be forming a security force to back us up and protect the people that are doing this. I foresee problems. I foresee that as soon as we get to that point where we have all counties filled and we start holding elections, we're going to see engagement happen with the federal government. I think that's what's going to happen, which I say so be it then if that be the case. But I think that's what's going to happen. And they're, and someone, they're going to dig up some dirt on Roger so-and-so or President so-and-so or Jim Carver. They're going to dig something up or they're going to, or they're going to slap, or they're going to smear you like they do Donald Trump. And they're going to say this and that. And they're going to do, or like President Turner, what happened to him. And you're going to end up in a federal you're, prison and the entire thing is going right. to be broken down again. You're, right or wrong? You're right. You're right, Joe. I give up, man. I give up. You know, I got a lake with, 18 miles of shoreline and 40-pound fish, 
and I can decide whether I want to listen to social media or radio, and I'm just going to throw the damn thing in the water, and I'm just going to enjoy my life because I'm 70 years old, and I don't have a lot left, and I don't care anymore. If the American people don't care, then why should I care? I know who I am, and, you know, so you convinced We didn't me, say you know, the American people didn't care. We didn't say the I'm American people up. didn't care. You know, we didn't say that, Jim. What we said was is that they were going to have to come to that engagement point where you know that's going to happen through experience. Either that or you're extremely naive. You know they're going to try to yeah. come after well, us. You know that. I know at 70 years old I'm going to die one of these days, Joe. Guaranteed. It's the laws of nature and nature's God. So do I stay in bed and I'll die sooner for lack of exercise? Or do I get out and go expose myself to the, what's going on in the world? Jim, before you interjected, you didn't let me finish my point. How are we going to prevent that from happening? That's the million-dollar question. Not I give up and and make a sarcastic remark. I'm asking people because I'm getting pounded with these questions. These are the people's questions. You can't prevent it, Uh, Joe. I know David Hurtler's on the call, and he was was part of those meetings that uh, the FBI used to come meet with us once a year here in the Wisconsin Free State. And they wanted to know who we are and what kind of group we are, you know, and they, they wanted to make sure that we weren't radical and we weren't going to go out and kidnap some politician or, or cause trouble, you know. And they didn't know how to classify us. So finally, you know, after a few years of meeting with us face-to-face, and, and sometimes I would be on the phone with them with uh, our other re- executives here or officers of the state, they were meeting face-to-face, but they – they finally decided to class us as an educational group. You know, there's no violence here. We're just trying to do everything by law, and that's what needs to be done. We need to continue doing that. And, you know, I don't know what it is. I, I don't have the golden answer for everybody that seems to be questioning this, but, you know, our Father God is in charge of this, and I really believe that someday there's something traumatic going to happen. There's going to be a shaking, not only in this country, in this world, but People are going to wake up, and I, I think you're already starting to see it around the world. There's many countries that already are collapsing, and that's part of the World Economic Forum, what they want. And they're going to come back with their new world order and be the saviors. But I think people have woken up enough because of the platforms like you, Joe, and we thank you for that. In America, you know, it's time. It, it's time we get together and stand in law and under the Father God. I'm with you 100%. I'd like to go down a different avenue, a different street. Actually, I come at it from a different room than you guys are living in. If I really look at liberty on this land, I go to Second Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty is all about God. God is all about liberty. We lost our liberty with the corruption of the court system. We lost our liberty with the government inserting itself uh, in the church with the 501c3, and then the infiltration of the foreign law, the uniform commercial code, and then diminishing of the property rights of the people, and the manipulation of the monetary system. And they were forever trying to destroy the Second Amendment. But the biggest thing is, is that we were never told America's truthful history. And people may think, well, what's the bigger deal about that? Well, it's a huge big deal. Now, what I just want to say to you is that if I go to Ephesians, Chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, which is the last two verses in the Ephesians chapter 1. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be 
the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all, then I cannot accept the 50123. Almost all churches have uh, disestablished themselves as churches and established themselves as federal government agencies operating under the color of religion when they became the 501c corporations. And, you know, that's what the old French flag is up on by the altar. And if you go back to, you go back to the revolution, the position of the church going back to the revolution, no king but King Jesus, but the position of the church is evident in the sermons of the patriot preachers of the day who asserted that they did not hesitate to attack the great political and social evils of their day. This is just the opposite of what it is today. The fathers of the republic enforced by their example, and they invoked God in their civil assemblies, and they called upon the chosen teachers of religion for counsel from the Bible and recognized the precepts as the law of their public conduct. And the fathers did not divorce politics and religion, but they denounced the separation as ungodly. They prepared for the struggle and went into battle with the word of God in their hearts and trusting in him. This was the secret of that moral energy which sustained the republic in its material weakness against superior numbers and discipline and all the power of England. The colonists appealed to heaven. So what we have to have here is a great movement that goes across America. And so to take on this 501c3, to get it out of the worship centers across America, you know, I just want to, I just want to show you this. Politics back then was the science of government, the part of ethics which consists in the regulation of government of a nation or state for the preservation, now listen to me, preservation of its safety, peace, and prosperity. But when the Organic Act, and even before the Organic Act, 1868, the 14th Amendment, when, when Andrew Johnson, who led the charge with, with the Freemasons, and by the way, when you started the program, uh, JFK gave that great speech at the Waldorf Astorial uh, Hotel, April 27, 1961, which labeled him as being against secret society. Okay, well, what I want to say to you is, is that is that when we go back, we go back to the revolution, we go back to that time period, those preachers that were preaching, I say that the sermons that they preach should be in every seminary across America, and they should be studying the sermon. For example, if I go to 1777, in the autumn of 1777, there's a guy by the name of Nathaniel Whittaker, and he had a great sermon that he preached in Salem, Massachusetts. Now listen very carefully. This is how he started his sermon. This is how he started. Listen to the words, how he started. He said the sum of the law of nature, as well as the written law, is love. Love to God and man properly exercised in tender feelings of the heart and benefit, beneficent actions of life constitute, get this, constitute perfect holiness. Did you hear what I said? Okay, now listen to me. 
what's missing across America? We got the 501c3. Oh, we don't have anything to do with politics. But back then, they embraced politics. They did it, okay? But here's the deal. What has to happen in America, across all the worship centers across America, from Los Angeles to New York, from Minnesota to Florida, all the way down to Texas, all the worship centers of America have to understand that when they receive Christ, all the fullness of God is inside of them, and they partake in Christ. They partake of all of his assets, all of his spiritual making, all everything in Christ that they have inside of them. They partake of it by, get this now, by faith, okay? And when you practice holiness, see, when you were born in from Adam, the first Adam, when you were born, you were practicing sin. You can go to you can go to Romans chapter seven and you can read in Romans chapter seven that you there's nothing good inside of you. You were made up of sin. You were a sinner. You practiced sin. But when you receive Christ, the new man, then you are in. Then you are ready to practice holiness. Now here's I'm gonna fit. I'll finish now. I'll finish. I don't mean to. I don't mean to take up a lot of time here, but. I just want you to know this, that when the pilgrims landed, they landed they, on, on that matrix delivery above Plymouth Rock, on the front of it, it says, it says, a national monument to the forefathers erected by a grateful people in remembrance of their labor, sacrifices, and sufferings for the cause of civil and religious liberty. If I ask, if I ask the clergy, in Madison, Wisconsin, if I ask the clergy in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, how many of you in your worship centers have religious liberty? How many hands would go up? Guess what? None of them. Why? Because civil, civil liberty and religious liberty is inseparable. What I'm talking about is going to the grocery store, going to the hardware store, going to the gas station where people would talk about Christ, talk about answered prayers. That's civil liberty. You, they're inseparable. So don't tell me that you have religious liberty in your worship center because your community is not expressing civil liberty. So what I'm saying to you is this. America, listen to me. What has to happen in America is the worship centers have got to embrace what I have just explained and that is you already have holiness inside of you when you receive Christ. All the fullness of God is inside of you. But the only way you can partake of that holiness, the only way you can do that is by faith. Now, what comes from holiness? Virtue. Dr. Benjamin Rush said, we have built a republic on Christianity. Listen to me. All all governments come from a particular religion, and the pilgrims brought over Christianity, okay? And so what we did is we embraced Christianity, and with the Declaration of Independence, the preamble, the laws of nature, nature's God, we built a government on Christianity, because without Christianity, you cannot have virtue. When 
when the woman with an issue of blood for 12 years said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she did, and she immediately came healed. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, who, what, how can you say that? There's people all around you. He said, I perceive that virtue has come out of me. Virtue comes from holiness. The okay. only way that you can have liberty on America is by virtue. The only way that the republic can be sustained, can be stood up and, and, and be a vibrant, be a vibrant government. The only way is that there has to be a surrounding of virtue. All 50 states, all three branches of government have to have virtuous people, not only in the 50 states, but in the nation's capital for the republic to stand up. And this and, is what and, we need. And so this, okay. is, this is the movement. Yeah. This is the movement that's got to come yes. across America. You see it? It's the, you see it? Thank you for yes, your time. Yes, Dr. David, it's the movement that has to come across America. Yes, we know all that. The problem of it is, is that we have to have, like I said again, we get the, we, you know, we're, we're at the baby stages here of re-inhabiting the republic. But in the meantime, patriots are being going to be isolated out and they're going to be singled out. And that's what I was to that point where, okay, we've gone through all yeah. the steps of re-inhabited. The de facto still yeah. is not going to recognize us yeah. lawfully because the Federal Reserve puts the money in the yeah. pockets of the other millions, hundreds of millions of people in this country. Our 30,000 in each state, yes, will stand up and be lawfully recognized, okay? Recognized, but to whom and then by what measures can we take those seats that one gentleman brought up a couple of weeks ago without confrontation? Or let it be confrontation, what have you, uh, with the de facto. We can't, what you, you standing there preaching that message, maybe we'll wake up a couple, you know, more people on, on across the country, but we have an evil element across America, and that, that's gonna have to stand up against evil. But in the meantime, like I said, if we wholeheartedly all believe in this with our heart and are doing this again, Standing up as governor for the Republican North Carolina, standing up as a, uh, the assembly across, uh, in the, all the counties. Again, we ran into this problem before, and and look what happened to us. So that's what I was saying. How are we going to correct that from happening again? Are we going to stand with each other? And when our patriots are isolated across the country, we got a governor out in California there. Or, uh, the, the FBI swoops down, uh, snatches up 30 uh, Republic members if we get to that point of the quorum. And then you know, you know as well as I do if that happens, the entire country will shut down as far as the Republic goes. You know that will happen because it's happened before. So we have to stand with each other and stand by each other. And right now, right now, I don't see a mass movement doing that right now. I see a lot of questions being asked. So, but you know, that's my point here I was trying to make earlier. Joe, I have a solution. America, listen to me. There's a book coming out. It's coming out within the next few months. The name of the book is God's Solution for America. What I have shared tonight concerning holiness, what I've shared tonight concerning virtue is in that book, and it's backed up with Scripture. It's not my word. It's not my word. It's backed up with Scripture. There's a book coming out, and the clergy across America ought to take their responsibility 
to buy that book and to read that book in the last chapter of that book, The Conclusion, will disclose to you what I shared tonight so that the people can get on board, the clergy have to get on board all across America and all the worship centers. David, I have people on this call right now that will sit here and call in and say, I've heard the same thing, I've heard the same thing, I've heard the same thing, and I don't, you know, and no matter what we do, it's not getting better, it's getting worse, it's devolution, it's going down. We can't, so we've had people, uh, people of uh, faith come onto this podcast even, and you remember and said, look, you know, I respect what you're doing, and I get all that, but right now, if you look across, you turn on the 6 o'clock news, or if you go out your front door of your house, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you take a look around what's going on around the country, people are not not waking up, it's not happening, and we're losing death terribly right now. We're losing terribly, and they're hitting us where it counts now: the wallet, inflation, the Federal Reserve, and 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 when we have our quorum and we have all the states together, okay. Okay, but what you heard tonight, what you've heard tonight, is diff- is different than what you've ever heard before. You already have holy. You have all the fullness of God inside of you, and you have to partake in Christ by faith. Okay? You already have it. When you take on the new man, the second Adam, you already have it, and you have to. If you read Romans 6 after you embrace what I said tonight, you read Romans 6 with a different flavor. I'll guarantee you. Okay? And what has to happen? God has to intervene in this whole situation to where the people, the believers, the believers across America say, enough is enough. We're going to do it this way. We're pulling out a 51C3, and we're going to embrace this, and we're going to stand up this republic because we got to know this, that going back to 1776, July 4th, they stood up, this government, on Christianity because without Christianity, you can't have virtue, and without virtue, you can't have liberty. I yield the floor back to you, sir. Do we have the preachers across the country? Do we have, we get, we say we got the militia now getting on board that's going to have to provide security for a lot of these states, which I, I, I hope and pray that that's going to happen. But I just rationally think we're going to, you know, like I said, I'm all for it. I'm willing to sacrifice. Anybody who knows me on this call who know, or who is listening via the internet knows that my whole heart is in with restoring the republic, but they, I get it from a lot of spiritual people, pastors, that say nothing's going to be restored, Joe. And what you need to do is you need to go out there and start preaching the gospel because you and this patriot movement is going to get nothing done except for you sitting in a prison cell. Because let me tell you something, when I, was stand, when I stand up in that courtroom, there's nobody from the Republic surrounding me, standing by me. There's nobody from the militia outside that courthouse standing there waiting for me. And But yet, you know, we get a guy, Jesse Smollett, to go to court, he can get 3,000 people standing there in, 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 at the courthouse. So you're going to tell me that we're going we're, we're gonna to stand up this Republic and win and turn this thing around? You see what I'm saying? I have to put this out there because this is the, this is the feedback I God, get. God has got to intervene. God has to intervene. God has to intervene. It's all about God. God is on our side to go and wage war against those who would want to wipe us out. That's when God will intervene on our behalf in battle. That's the way it works. Go okay. through your Bible. Read the Old Testament. Every time Israel went to war... That's how it happened. Okay. And if God says he never changes, 
that he'll do for us what he did for them. The militia needs to be trained. People need to be trained. They need to be trained in marksmanship because, you know, that was one of the contributing factors to militias getting their butts beat in the War of 1812, fighting against the British in many cases because they weren't trained. They didn't know how to do the type of action that they was presented. So gun clubs, I think it should be mandatory like it is in Switzerland that you're able to use and properly understand your weapon. You see, we're not advocating the militia to go out there and train to engage anybody in this country. That's not what we're trying to advocate here. What we're saying, but I see your point, though, is that we have to have, you know, if you're going to have a defense system, a defense of the people, then obviously they have to be trained and, and, and well-educated and have strong pulls and ties to the community. So I understand that. Absolutely. Gun safety and how to clean a weapon, when to shoot, not to shoot, all those things need to be taught. And then it helps to spur on competition, especially Olympic competition and other competition among young people like you see. Oh, Finland and Switzerland has got it down. But right now, though, what we're talking about here right now, we don't know Biden can wake up tomorrow morning or, or if we get the quorum of the states together, they can wake up tomorrow morning and they can put together those 86,000 IRS agents or, or what have you and their, and their homeland security and their three letter worded, uh, organizations and they can go from California to Texas to Wisconsin and do maybe a seven state sweep of the, of the republic or the militia or whatever and guess what? Wham! We're right back to square one and even worse, you know, because they got 700 patriots sitting in jail in Washington, D.C. right now from from a protest on January 6th. So this is what, what I'm worried about. This is what concerns me. These are the contingency things that we got to try to avoid. We don't want to engage. We don't want this type of uh, action. But they're a corrupt system. They're broken. Well, they don't listen to us. They don't recognize us. Well, then, then what, what, what are we suggest? What are people suggesting an alternative? You know they're not going to do right. Those seven hundred yeah. that's in Washington TG jails are wrong. It's wrong for that to happen. What are the states going to do? It has to. It has to change. Yeah, I mean, definitely, it has to change. If not, yeah. they're going to run lopshot all over the damn place. Yeah, and they did it to Trump. They used the FBI. Look what they did to him. Whether or not it was a spark controversy or spark a revolution, you know, whatever, I'm not feeding into that. The point of it is they did it, and they were wrong, and they violated the man's rights. They violated our former president's rights as a man, as a human being. They violated his family's property rights. They violated his rights, and all I hear is crickets. All I hear, you know, I don't see anything. What can you do? Everyone's hands are tied. What can you do? You know, so if they could do it to Donald Trump when they do it to Joe Gibson, they do it to you or someone else from the republic. Guess what? I'm going to be sitting in a concrete box like like the rest of everybody and saying, well, <laughs> maybe another 10 year plan here. You know, I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying to say, what are the contingency plans? What are we going to do? How are we going to come around? You know, how are we going to overcome this? These are the things and hard questions that need to be Those asked. need to be discussion and, like and also bring your young people to the table so they can hear what's going on. Because, yeah. unfortunately, like you say, you're going to be in that box. We're all going to yeah. be in that box. And these young people are going to be left with a handful of stuff. They don't know what they got because they wasn't sitting at the table when the plans. Well, the that brings me, partner, to this. 
we're, we're a brotherhood, we're a family across the country. I don't see any unity. I don't see very, I see very little unity actually amongst the people. I see me, 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 I, 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 and one man, I, I, you can't get 11 people to meet at Burger King for a cup of coffee. How are we going to inspire the people? Because yes, even with God, without the people being inspired and doing something righteous, God's standing there, is up there. When are my people going to turn their face? I don't think God blesses America anymore. And I'm sure everyone, a lot of people feel that way. And a lot of people are, are afraid, a lot of people are angry, a lot of people don't know what to do, and we're in, in, in disorder right now. I'd like to remind all of you esteemed gentlemen on the line here of this line. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for the future security. Notice the words at the beginning, a long train. My guide for what needs to be done when a government needs becomes tyrannical and out of hand is the American Revolution. They endured a long train of abuses. It was a long time before they decided to take the irrevocable act of separation from the British crown. It's part of the problem, and it's a problem for me too. I feel the same way everybody here is talking. I'm impatient. Every day this situation goes by, I say, why aren't my fellow citizens doing something? Why are they sitting by so passively? I'll bet you they said pretty much the same thing for most of the fellow colonists back in the 18th century, too. Because most of them were willing to put up with it seemingly almost indefinitely. And even when it kicked off, they didn't have more than about 20 to 30% of them that were actively involved in it, and far fewer than that who were actively involved in combat. That's just the way things are. We have to understand this is going to take a while. They've been getting this for 60 years, and we're going to need most of our fellow citizens, or at least a really substantial portion of them, to go along with us in this thing. And if and until they do, we don't have much of a chance of success. Right now, we got to work on convincing them. And that is a task that, as you sit at the beginning, like Sisyphus did when he started looking at the boulder going up the hill, hey, it looks monumental. And I got news for you, folks. It is. Yeah. You got it, Sarge. You know, I think the simple answer to everybody's concerns, and don't think that the people that you visited with, with uh, Ron Paul and the military and, and uh James Timothy Turner and all these people didn't have the same concerns because they did. But they realized that it gave a certain point of where you get to realize that this is a hill that you die on. And you have an opportunity at this point to choose your destiny. How you're, if in fact, meant to be, then it's meant to be. At least you know that you went making a choice whether you want to be a slave or a free man and stand for truth. Everybody wants to know the truth. There's the truth. I'm telling you, if we don't get it done, humanity's done. They've already told us in Agenda 2020, 2030. They've already told us to Dr. Fauci. They've already done it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And until we stand up and say no more, regardless of consequences, with a small chance of victory, this is our hill. Figure it out. I yield. You're right, you're right, boss. And like I said, man, we got to convince enough of our fellow citizens 
that the time is nigh. I mean, what's going on here has got to get going because they're continually entrenching their power. I, again, I, I am predicating this on the fact that November might not be as successful as we think it will, although I think it will be. But let's look at I, – I always think it's best to uh, hope for the best and plan for the worst, and let's say it doesn't. And if we don't get a pause or at least a slowing down of what's been going on by a change in, in, in governance, at least in Congress, in a November election, they're going to continue to entrench this even further. They realize now that, right, people's eyes are awake, awakened to this. And the deep state and the world globalists and all their evil machinations are coming to light. And they don't have much time to finish their demolition job. So I think this is going to be a make it or break it election, and I mean it. And, man, well, we've got to convince our fellow citizens that it's time now. Time for complacency is passed because these people are serious, they're desperate, and there's nothing more desperate so sorry. than a so sorry. cornered animal and a cornered rat. And this, that's what these people are. Sarge? The people ask me, okay, they hang up the phone here tonight from this call tonight that they got the information that they got. What do they do in their communities? What do they do? We know, go to the Republic for the web, you know, web website. We go there, get on the email list. But what do they do to engage their neighborhood and their communities? And we already know each county and each state has to have a, a representative appointed. They have to have a governor appointed. And then they have to have five other, uh, a state judge and five others uh, appointed. And then they have to go out and gather 30,000 people in each state and then withhold their elections, correct? And then they have to have, what, a national quorum, correct? Am I correct here about the procedure thus far? And then, one, yep. and, then we are, and then we are standing in law on a world stage. And according to Mr. Carpenter and Roger, the world will recognize, and the, the treaties that were signed or that are in place from years ago will kick in, and then we'll be... I guess you could say fully restored as a republic. But I see thousands of de facto buildings across the country with loaded with FBI agents and DEA agents and ATF agents that get paychecks from the Federal Reserve. Police departments that get paychecks from the Federal Reserve. Heck, our own republic members get paychecks from the Federal Reserve. You know, this is the problem. And we just hit a brick wall. You know, how do we overcome that? Education. State of... Information amongst much of the American public is appalling. And even among those who would be inclined to act if they knew better, they just don't know. We gotta make people aware no, no, of no, 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 education no. is the biggest single, the biggest thing. I mean, what did they do back in the 18th century? They sent pamphleteers, Thomas Paine, common sense. All these guys getting the word. Education isn't going to put food on the table, Sarge, or make the car payment or pay the electric bill. So, uh, Jim, you wanted to say something. Jim, you wanted to say something. How do we overcome that problem? My people perish for lack of knowledge. It is written. And the knowledge is out there. And you know, Joe, that I know, and I know that I can't talk about it. So if you want the answer to your question, it's readily available. All you got to do is be a critical thinker. And look at what's going on around you. Watch the sign. If it looks like a skunk, if it smells like a skunk, it is a skunk. I'll guarantee We don't you. have critical thinkers 99%. out there, Jim. Well, we have you know a zombie. 
you're right, Joe. And they're just going to have to let the leaders figure it out, and they'll follow along. It's a path of convenience for them, and that's where America is stuck today. You know, we're stuck on a path of convenience, and you know, if it's inconvenient and it's got some danger to it, you know, and to our families and everything we built and inherited, then. Good evening, gentlemen. I've been uh, listening to the conversation. And uh, my concern is this. I don't think we have time to get 30,000 people together in these states. I think it's rolling too fast. And by the time we get 30,000 people in the point of governor in each state, I think we got a problem. I think we're too deep in right now. And I agree. Education is great. Waking up our fellow citizens is great. And and I think we're we're the minority, and we're going to be the minority. And until God raises up a leader that men can follow and men can believe in, we have a problem. And so we need to pray that God raises up a leader amongst us who's so. But like Joe said, the problem is, is, you know, Joe goes to court and he's standing in the courtroom. There's nobody there with him. I, I drive down from the, another state uh, 14 hours to be there. And these guys that have been surrounding him, and, I, and I'm curious because these people have been surrounding him for years and years and advising them legally and telling them what to do and what not to do. Uh, like the seatbelt issue, and, and the guy's ready to go to prison, and there's nobody would even draft the pleading for him. And so I, I don't even see within within themselves a cohesiveness. And so I uh, think on the on the larger scale, uh, until, you know, 700 patriots sit in jail. Well, how come there's not 7,000 patriots outside demanding their release? Yeah. I, I'm serious. You know, we call for action. It does not do violence. Why, why aren't they there? They're not there because you know why? Because they're afraid they're going to get locked up with them. And people aren't willing to sacrifice. And they're not there yet. But it's coming. It'll come. And when it gets there, they'll know it's the time. But they'll be looking for a leader. And God's got to raise up a man amongst men out of this populace. And that's what I believe. And I believe we have to keep it in prayer. And I believe it's everything that uh, was said here about the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, I'm a firm believer of it. And by the way, there's many, many churches that have incorporated within states as nonprofits. In case anybody didn't know it, you are a 501c automatically under Title 1829 of the federal of the U.S. Code. So every church in this country that got a license from the state, the state they're in is automatically 501c3. The only thing that they don't have is the letter to state that they are. And that's the law. That's the IRS code if you look up under churches. And so this screaming about being a 501c3, half of these guys are screaming about 501c3s are corporate and are automatically 501c3s. And they know it. The only thing they're missing is a letter. And the reason why they don't have the letter is they don't want to pay the $800. And the only thing the letter does is, is show a donor, a large donor, that they have, uh, that they are 501c3. So the donor can get their money back. And it's a target right? for 87,000 new IRS agents. Well, yeah. And you know what? That's right. And, and believe me, they're coming. And they're gonna, they'll be in our books. They'll be in every church's books. That's the first hit. You can believe that. They'll be in all, all, all non-profit religious organizations and churches will be the first to get scoured out. Because they're gonna try and get rid of the Christians. Here's the deal. I respect you, man. I love my country. I'm a patriot. I've said it before. My wife is 20% that I'm a Navy vet. My father-in-law is a Korean War vet. He's 87 years old. And, Listen, I've got a drone. You know, I'm talking to you right now. i got a drone flying by me, coming out of a private airport nearby me. They're not flying over my house and around this area for nothing. I listen to these podcasts. If anybody listening in here thinks you ain't being listened, you're crazy. Your plans and your ideas are great. Like the man said, it, it's up to God, and God has to produce a leader. And once the Lord produces the leader, then we'll have somebody to follow. 
But in the meantime, the people in America are sleeping. And, yeah, they're disgruntled. They see the prices going up. They see their lives going down the tubes. But they're so wrapped up, they're so raped by the government that they don't have time to worry about anything else except paying their own bills and taking care of their own families. And and the, the love of man is waxed cold. That's what Jesus said would happen in the end times. And you fall down in the street, people will walk right by you. They don't even care whether you die or you live. It's happened in California and other places and around the country. And violence is getting worse and worse. If we're not we're not going to bring a kingdom in here uh, as far as that goes. We're not kingdom builders. I mean, the prophecies of the Bible are clear. It all goes down. But that doesn't mean God can't give it a reprieve like he did to Josiah, the, the boy. He found the word of God. The nation was in despair, and it was in sin, and he found the word of God, and he brought the people to that, and the people repented, and God stopped them from going to Babylon until after Josiah was gone. So it all goes down. The Bible's clear. Uh, my friend there that's speaking, and he's talking about the gospel, and it's all written. It's written. Prophecy says that every nation comes against the nation that surrounds Israel, and, and the Lord intervenes, okay, in the meantime. So we know which way it's all going. But in the meantime, God can give this nation a reprieve. And you know what? It's, it's the individual that has to get his heart right with Christ, and then he can pray for the country and he can pray for the movement uh, to do what's right and to restore this government, this republic to which it belongs. It has been stolen from us by a handful of people for years and years and years. And, the, and they've got unlimited office, and they've got, you know, the Pelosi's and all them in there, and, and the Schumer's. And you look at these guys, they're not Democrats, they're Democrats. And you have to understand something. We are in a spiritual war. This is not a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle. And what's going on that we see physically is a result of what's going on behind the scenes in the spirit world. And so read the Bible. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Repent. The problem is the, uh, and I'm going to cut this. The problem is this. There's a parable in the Bible about the lost penny. And everybody's searching for this penny. Even the lady's neighbor lost a penny or helping. And you know what the problem really was? The stupid penny didn't even know it was lost. That's where America is today. Amen, Dr. Ventura. Well said, my friend. And, you know, we know that the Holy Spirit has to lead this charge, and he does that through individuals. We're the tools. You know, it's we're spot on. From my perspective, after being involved in this republic, I'm going to share my perspective with you. I was raised in a Baptist home. My dad had several degrees as an ordained minister, did degrees in history, sociology, and theology, a wise man. Really enjoyed looking at what history had to bring, you know, or what how history played into today's events. I wish he was here today to witness this. But essentially what we've see, I've witnessed in the Republic is God-fearing men and women that realize that they want to live in God's jurisdiction. And there was an opportunity years ago and a necessity for them to come together and to establish that in law by the Hague. And they did so. And it kind of went dormant for a while. and The seas were scattered around. And, you know, here we are today. But we're still a remnant of Bible-believing Christian people that want to live under God's laws the way he had them intended. And we had the opportunity to make a stand and do that. And it's up to the Holy Spirit now to come upon the the spirits of the men and women in this great country that want to participate in that adventure and join together. I think that's our mission goal, really, from my perspective. Thank you for letting me speak. You know, I wanted to say something to the doctor, if you don't mind, Joe, and I got to go. 
But I don't know if y'all knew Fannie Lou Hamer during the time of the 1960s, before the 1965 Voters' Rights Act was written. And she made a quote. She said, you can pray until you faint, but unless you get up and try to do something, Thank you. God Thank you. is not going to put it in your lap. It requires an awakening. And in our pulpits around this country, we have men that went that were not sent. And they're not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they have another Jesus. It's not the same Jesus that you and I have. They use the same words we use, but it's all positive thinking. It's Robert Schuller, and it's all make me feel good, and let's give it up for Jesus, and unholiness and ungodliness all around the country in these churches. And that's why when you get to Revelation, it says that he's knocking on the door of the church. And, you know, the pastors are making it nice and sweet. Well, that's your heart. No, it's not your heart. It's the church. He's knocking on the door because he's not in it. And that's the problem. And those preachers that are listening and will listen and will hear, I'm admonishing you right now that your job is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in its entirety and not to soft soak it, not to make your people feel good. Ezekiel said, fear not their faces. If you're truly called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, then that's what you need to do. You need to call sin as it is, and you need to call it for what it is. And the only kind of man that I'm interested in being around as far as the gospel goes is the man that was hung next to Jesus Christ that stood up for him. Now, that's my kind of man. That's the kind of men we need in the pulpits in America today. That's what I have to say. Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, we humbly come before your throne in the name of Yeshua to thank you for your plan to save America and the world by shining your light of truth that eliminates every evil lie that has caused us to be slaves to the Babylonian system. It's all about to change. We are rising up and refusing to believe lies. The color of law and corporate constitution put in place by those hell-bent on controlling and depopulating the earth shall come to an end by the grace and love of Yahweh for his creation forevermore. All glory to God for miracles, works the Lord and heaven's army are bringing to pass for all the world to witness. We speak victory over enemies and we speak life over God's people. We speak restoration to our constitutional rule of law republic where the Holy Bible is the law form. We know that they shall never be seen again. Grand illusion of deception, murder, and lies that long live God's republic. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Father, and amen. You, as you repeatedly warn against, we've got to be aware of the possibility of being a lone wolf, isolated, and annihilated piecemeal. We've got to form the structures and the organizations that can resist the actions of an out-of-control rogue federal government in particular, or any other government that would seek to destroy us as we pursue constitutionally allowed remedies. And that's the first thing. Lone wolves will be destroyed. But a wolf pack is very strong and uh, is not subject to attack by predators. Once that's done and that's established, then every other thing is at least possible and feasible. And so hopefully we'll be able to see that done because just today we had Attorney General Merrick Garland threaten Department of Justice employees about contacting Congress, which is a violation of the law involving whistleblowing. These people are lawless. They don't believe in following the law. And we've got to understand that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They're evil. Like Dr. Peter Ventura said, they're, they're, uh, they've got the devil, devil within them. Uh, they're, they're satanic. I mean, they just, they're shaped with something. I mean, they're just, they they don't see, see no logic or goodness. You know, Sarge, I agree 100% with you. There are certain things spiritually we have to do, 
but at the same time, we got to physically be prepared. We got to mentally be prepared. The founding fathers were all three of those. And when the time came, they were able to stand up because they knew that if they didn't, nobody was going to live. So that's kind of where we're at right now. So I, I agree with you, and I also agree with the idea that the militia needs to be trained. It's it's a it's going to be the army before it's over. If the corporate military will not back us at any point in the future, then we got to have somebody that will, and that would be it. And I would rather have small numbers, but those who are loyal, than large numbers of those that are not. Thank you, for everybody, for participating. Steel sharpens steel. You know, we're all in this together, and we're all going to end up on the same hill closer than we are right now. I appreciate the communication and and all that. The unction of the Holy Spirit for the truth seekers and the people that are looking for the way. And it is written on the way, the truth and the life. And that's all we can, that's the target. And thank you, everyone, for participating. Joe, I'll turn it back over to you. Dr. Peter Ventura, thanks for calling in here tonight. You want to say a prayer here or get us out of here? Maybe something deep and uh, since you haven't been on here in a while, give us some prayer. Well, I want to thank the men that have the courage, first of all, to even come on this program because it does take courage. And I know there's a lot of people in the chat room and a lot of people just listening, and they have some questions, but you know what? You're not showing your support by just being quiet, and that's what the whole program's about, trying to stand up. Uh, Holy Father. I'm bowed down before you as humbly as I know how. God, we're in a terrible time. It's a dark moment now. And as Moses got to the Red Sea and stood there, he couldn't do anything of his own, Lord. He waited on you. And that's what we're waiting for you, Lord. We're waiting for you to part our Red Sea. We're waiting. We're coming as far as we can, God. Now we need your help. And we're calling upon you. Isaiah, Elijah was a righteous man, and he prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years, Lord. I know you answered the prayer, and he prayed and it rained. God, we're pouring out our prayers to you, that you'll pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. And, Lord, that you'll put a hedge about the movement that's righteous, it's moral, it's pure, it's holy, and it's designed, Lord, to give you that glory and that power and the praise that you deserve. And so, God, we ask you to look down upon us. We're just meager men, Lord, your creation. But, Lord, if the foundations be destroyed, what can we do? As men, we need you, Lord. We're standing at the Red Sea. We're at the face of peace. And the people behind us are murmuring. We're looking, Lord, for your help now. And God, we ask you that you do that, that you'd open and part away for us and give us clear direction and vision and raise up somebody, Lord. Raise us a Moses, Lord. And God, you know who that is. And you know you work through people. And give us the courage and the power to stand behind that. And God, bless the Republic, the United States of America, and we give you the praise, honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everybody. God bless our republic. Good podcast here tonight, everybody. Thank you.